Welcome, everybody. We're back for the Everybody Counts podcast to talk some more Bosch Legacy. We're going to talk about episode two this evening. It's titled Pumped, and it was written by Tom Bernardo and directed by Patrick Cady. We have spoken to both of those uh, gentlemen on the podcast before, had some great interviews. We're going to have Tom on the podcast again, and I'm hoping Patrick as well. So maybe we can get a scoop from both of them for this season also. So I guess we can jump right in. I've got Pete, uh, Pete P.I. What's up, Pete? What's going on? <laughs> and Jay, a.k.a. Welliver B. Titus III. What's up, everybody? And then, so I realized with you guys and these names, you're really, you're trying to play make-believe. You, you want to play Bosch. You know, like when you're a kid and you're running around the yard and, you know, I was Wonder Woman. I don't know who you guys were, but... Now you're trying to play Bosch. So I think that sounds fun. So I think I need a name too. I, how about, wait for it, mm -hmm. Ritzy Mobberts. <laughs> wow. So although I, I do, <laughs> I do want to call you Ritzy. That that sounds that sounds kind of cool. It, it's like a, I have a, 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 I fancy the Ritz Carlton and I take down the mob, Ritzy Mobberts. So, you know, I don't know. It might work. Might not catch on, but uh, you know, I like it. it. I like it, Ritzy. <laughs> Doesn't everybody want to pretend they're in the show? I mean, come on, don't you think it that's works? Sort of well, unlike you, Ritzy, uh, <clears throat> PIP and I have been on the show now for years. Oh, unbeknownst <laughs> yeah. to me, okay, wow, yes, yes, okay. Yes. How, how come this never came up before? Uh, we didn't we didn't want to make you feel bad. Oh, okay. Yeah, we we hang out with Michael Connolly at least two, three times a week. And uh, yeah, I, know, I we, hear he likes cool. to do breakfast with with his besties. You guys do breakfast with Michael Connolly? We wake up um, from our guest room suites <laughs> and uh, we go downstairs down the long spiral staircase to his breakfast nook. The breakfast and uh, and uh, what's cool is last week when Pete and I did it, you know, crate and barrel were there serving us breakfast. Can you believe that? Wow, yes, wow, yes, you guys, yes. you've been holding out on me. This is, yeah, we, we live the life, we live the life. I can tell, I can tell. So, there's some more make believe from the guys. I love it. Well, let's get into this episode. Yes, um, I do want to point out, I have one more thing. Pete is wearing his. Train Collection t-shirt. It is very handsome. It looks very nice, Pete. Great job sporting the Bosch Legacy merch. Uh, it looks good, guys. So definitely send us some pictures if you have some already. I want to see everything, all the different styles. So, all right, let's get into Pumped. So we, of course, we've got Honey, Harry, and Maddie doing all kinds of things again in this episode. We're introduced to a couple of scary dudes, the Ivanovich brothers. Uh, but first we have to get right to it. Is Whitney Vance alive, Jay? I mean, Welliver? Yes, he is. He just was, he was taking a little snooze, okay. not quite willingly, but a little bit of a snooze. So it was really, it was just a scare. Mm -hmm. Everything's fine. Everyone take a breath. He's, he's okay for now. A little de dehydrated, it sounds like. Is that Coltrane? Wish it was, and I wouldn't be so mad at these darn dogs barking in the background. They want to they play Bosch make-believe, too. All right, so yes, Whitney Vance is okay. He had some type of, you know, dehydration episode, fainted, whatever. 
Ida Porter, his assistant, she's still kind of getting over the scare we hear. Uh, we get to see John Creighton, the security guy for Trident, talking to Philip Corwin, who is uh, apparently named as the successor, the next CEO of Vance Engineering whenever Whitney Vance does pass away. And um, I don't know what you guys, what your impression was of him. I, I think he sounds like, like really quite a big weasel. I'm not a fan at all. Did you have any first impressions of Philip Corwin? I use a word worse than weasel, but I think it's actually pretty accurate. I, I think, yeah. yeah. You it's know, like slimy, uh, self-centered. Yeah. And that, that's the word right there, slimy. Yeah. Hunt, yeah. yeah. Just yeah. Ugh, you you ugh. you know, he gives you the heebie jeebies, right? Yes, yes, yeah. definitely the heebie jeebies. Yeah. Now, which of you guys is the biggest Seinfeld fan of the two of you? Pretty good, pretty good. Well, probably Pete. I'm yeah, up I mean, there, but not not as much as Pete. Pete, do you recognize John Creighton? I didn't bring this up in the last episode. Of course not. I don't recognize anybody <laughs> ever. I swear it's all right. Put your little memory glasses on. Jackie Childs, the actor, is this the actor who played Jackie Childs? Okay. Seinfeld. Yeah. So if you, I mean, I thought you were gonna familiar. I thought you were gonna say something about like a pop in or like a soup soup problem. You know. Oh, soup problem. <laughs> No, it's, I, it's, it's, it's not like super distracting, but I did when I first watched through the, the first episodes, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, that's him. And now, now, now it's John Creighton, but yeah, it did at first. I was like, that's Jackie Charles. So interesting, uh, full circle kind of role for him. But yeah, he tries to comfort this Philip Corwin guy and, you know, like it's, you know, we're prepared for people that are going to try to um, say they're his heirs and, you know, we're, we're on it. It's okay. But this Philip guy, he's just, he's just so afraid that, you know, he's not going to get his big promotion to take over the company. And uh, he ends up calling David Sloan, who is the personal security guy for Vance at his mansion. So David Sloan does not seem very interested in talking to him. I think he probably gets the same vibe we do. What do you think? He's polite, but he's just like very short with him, you know? Yeah. No, no reason for for additional conversations. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He doesn't know anything, so we're good. He offers him all these resources. He's like, we're good. But yeah, he's just, Corwin is, is reaching there. So, but yes, Vance is okay. We see Harry and Mo taking some drone footage or drone surveillance at Carl Rogers' house. Anybody want to talk about that? Does. What? <laughs> what did you say? What would you like to tell us, Jay? Did you like the scene, Jay? Did you, what'd you learn? Was it cool? Is Mo still cool? Starting to like Mo a little Starting. bit more and all his toys. Mm-hmm. Gadget I'm not, I'm not so bad though, because I don't know enough about him. But I mean, listen, to be able to use a drone to kind of go anywhere and use this for surveillance to get some really what I would call easy intel, because who's looking for a drone? All right, he's the guy to have in our corner. Okay. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. So they're checking out Jay, his house. Yeah, go hold ahead. On. Jay, what do you mean starting to like Mo? If you don't like this guy instantly, you got issues, no. man. Come no, on. I'm, no, I don't know enough about him, man. And you know, Yo. when you listen, listen, Mo might be fine, but anytime you got a guy that's, you know, he's like freelance, right? Okay. Yeah. You yeah. know, he's not, he's, it's not like Bosch and Mo incorporated on the door, right? It's Bosch. <laughs> who hires this guy out to help him, which is fine. But, you know, Pete, if you 
if you trying to get Tracy back for something and you need a little help and you pay a little more than Bosch does, right? Then suddenly Mo works for you and maybe he's up to no good. So oh. I need to see a little bit more. I need to see a little bit more before so, I. So uh, as usual, you're a cynic. I mean, it 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 makes sense. Even okay. As usual. As usual. All right, Pete and I are clearly team Mo. But yeah, he's pretty good with that drone. They can see security cameras all around. Uh, they see Carl Rogers pulling up with his lady friend, Jasmine. They do see a dog. At first, they didn't think they were going to have to worry about a dog because he's going to try to get to the cars and get, what do you call them? What do you call them? Tracker. Trackers, GPS trackers. GPS, whatever. whatever, yeah. Yeah. So he says if they're outside, he can do it, you know, 15 minutes. If they're in the garage, it might take 30. But he's not quite sure how to get one for this McLaren. So are you guys, um, are you familiar with the McLaren? Car. Yeah, it, it's a car that I, I can't afford. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a nice car. It's a nice car. And you know, all right, I'm going to give Mo some credit here. Okay. So he goes to the mechanic dude to find yeah. out like how to place it. Or, and mm-hmm. all right, he's pretty suave there. The right? magnet. Like, yeah. Like, let me just, let me just see. Yep. Nope. Yep. Nope. <laughs> oh, look at, like, just so. And, for real, if if I walked into a place that had any sort of similar car and I was like, hey, I have a magnet. Can I just see where it sticks? They'd be like, security, security, please come to the bay with the McLaren. Yeah, it just wouldn't work. Yeah, no, he pulled it off. He pulled it off. He found the right where to put it, gave the guy a little cash and then a little more cash. That's funny because when I'm watching the episode, I thought for sure that Mo knew the guy and had a hookup with the car place. And then I thought, how many car places this guy have a hookup with that he can go yeah. find a certain car? I mean, he needs a, a, a rare car to yeah. figure it out. I, yeah. We, like Jay said, we don't know everything about Mo. We don't know his history. Right. All I can say is I believe that if Bosch hired him, Bosch yeah. did a lot of vetting before he just hired anybody for his PI business. I, I do agree with you there. I do agree so there. I you trust relax, Bosch. If you don't, Jay, Jay, that's on you. Yeah, Jay, you can relax. He's good enough for oh, Bosch. He's good enough. Wow. For yeah. Okay. Well, like in episode seven, if Mo ends up stabbing Bosch in the back or something, we're going to revisit this conversation. Okay. We, if that happens, we will revisit. Sure. Okay. If that happens, I will make a public apology and announcement about Jay is the smartest guy in the whole wide world live. Live. Yes. Okay. Episode seven. <laughs> All right. Let's keep going with this then. So they, they want to track rogers see what's going on he uses someone named jen bosch does to get some other intel for him to find out where they're going to be going carl and his girlfriend are going to be going to dinner so they're at the nail salon and she's you know playing the you know the bestie card talking about where are you going are you seeing your boyfriend what color polish are you going to use blah, 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 blah. and they strike up a conversation and she finds out that well, first of all, Jasmine and uh, her boyfriend are celebrating a homecoming. Well, that's code for my man just got out of jail, you know, but whatever. She finds out that they're going to La, Re- La Republique for dinner. So she passes that information to Bosch. Bosch passes it to Mo. Then Mo can be there to get the McLaren who he gets from the ballet. Throws out some more cash, I believe. And so Another friend to- of his, possibly. <laughs> Another friend. So he's able to get the tracker on there and he's got GPS information and audio. So they're, they're making, they're making some headway there. Anything else on that? I don't think so. Okay. Okay. 
and then we'll get back to that a little bit later in the episode they, they do get a little bit of, of more intel there but let's shift gears over to honey for a little bit so i goofed up last podcast and said that honey was saw her therapist in episode one i don't think she did she saw her therapist in episode two that's what i was thinking about but um but yeah we um get some inside you know her with her therapist and they're talking about how she's doing she's not sleeping well another medication is helping a little bit but she's struggling and she just can't get Carl Rogers out of her head so I mean it all sounds pretty reasonable I mean it it seems natural that she would have all those feelings anything surprise you the whole thing surprised me Tracy the whole thing surprised me well to get adjusted to talk (laughs) about this I'm sorry I would have never thought Honey Chandler would be What's the word? Not insecure, like not weak, because it's not weak to talk to a therapist, but like seek help. What she, do you think she would seek help? You know, yeah. yeah I'm, I don't know. I'm looking for a certain adjective that just escapes me right now. I was very surprised. Vulnerable, maybe, is the word vulnerable. I'm looking for. Okay. You know, because you're you're opening yourself up to the world, mm-hmm. and you know, the tough cookie lawyer, the rah rah rah. You're never gonna get me down, kind of person to. Just just the few seconds of seeing her on the couch, like not comfortable and even kind of admitting not comfortable. Yeah, that was very strange for me. I thought that was very powerful. You know, it was, I don't know, 60 seconds on the screen Mm -hmm. or whatever the heck it was. But I for me, it showed a side of her that I don't think realized existed. Yeah, Uh, I think that's what makes her story even more compelling and realistic is even someone that you think you know, would, wouldn't seek out maybe some help or show that type of vulnerability. This has really right. been a traumatic event. Yeah. You know? yeah. So I think it's some, some good storytelling. So yeah, she, we you know that she's seeing a therapist and that she really is, she's working great with her clients. You know, she even says that in their conversation that, you know, work's going well and stuff, but we know for sure all this stuff is going on in the background. And I think Harry knows to some degree as well. But um, she's definitely sought out his help. She's like, I'm all in for this Carl Rogers thing. So uh, speaking of which, uh, he comes to her office. Harry comes to her office and uh, reviews the deposition that Franzen did. They do a little, oh, I'm going to go make coffee and I'll just leave this here. And, and Bosch checks it out. And he thinks he has a theory from that. He hears Franzen saying that Carl um, makes his nut on Wall Street. And everyone assumed that was like, you know, New York all along. Yep. But he's like, wait a minute, there's a Wall Street here in LA. It's the fashion district. Maybe that's what he's referring to. And he also mentions that with that deal that he wasn't wealthy enough to buy in, Franzen wasn't. Plus there were some, he calls them unsavory characters. And we, you know, we get the impression that he's talking about the, the Russian mafia. And yeah, Honey's like, well, no, they didn't find any links to the Russian mafia. They didn't find any links to, you know, Wall Street. And then, you know, like I said, Harry says, maybe it's the Wall Street here and he's going to take a little trip downtown. And he does. He goes and looks around, does a little initial surveillance. We'll find out more later, I assume, how that's going to pan out. Any thoughts on that? I think that was good work there by Bosch. It's worth checking out. Worth checking out. Worth checking out. Well, he leaves and Bella Winslow shows up, Judge Sobel's daughter, and Honey convinces her to file a civil suit against Carl Rogers. She's not sure she wants to do that. You know, it's, it's a lot to go through again. But with Honey running the show, she, she does a- agree to do it. And Honey talks to the DA later, and he sort of 
quote apologizes for you know not giving her a heads up that they were not mm. about the news um, report that they weren't going to file again and she's it's had it cool. with him that's no, not yeah, cool it's she's not, not cool. happy and she demands all the files you know related to, to carl rogers and he he starts saying like protocol and what he can share and she's like no she's very firm that's the honey you're talking about jay yeah she wants it all and you're going to give it all to me so um, she's putting her foot down there and meanwhile she moves on a little bit to the uh jeffrey herstat case dr basu's murder shift gears over there and she's working uh with her assistant or associate lawyer matthew he's they're talking about uh, dr basu's injuries meanwhile she's been looking at some footage apparently the same night jeffrey herstat had the seizure he was out at this coffee place and she sees the emt and then she starts putting the times and dates together and make a long story short, we end up, she ends up finding out that it's the same EMT that attended to Dr. Basu. So she wants to get this guy on the stand and um, they go to the fire station and serve EMT Albert Morales a subpoena and have him show up in court the next day. Who wants to talk about that? The possibility of DNA transfer. What, the court case and how it went down? Yeah. Yeah. When, well, she put him on the stand. She asked him about how the operation goes. He showed mm-hmm. her, you know, specific examples. So everybody understood what was happening. Mm-hmm. It was basically just like a index finger, only your index finger. And mm-hmm. it reads, it does a reading of something. And you're supposed to clean it when oh, you're done with it. Mm-hmm. But if you're a lazy worker or if you're really busy <laughs> or really busy, yep. you don't have time. You know, I'm sure that, you know, it's never been a problem before. And you use it on the next person. Well, guess what? You now have two smudged DNA. Yeah, yeah. So it, it creates a really strong case that that could happen, that there could be DNA transfer. And that, that is her explanation. That's what she's proposing as the explanation as to why Jeffrey's DNA is on Dr. Basu. Because remember, Harry freaked out at the end of episode one when they got that report. He's, he thought he was helping with someone who was innocent and trying to do something good. And he's like, wait, wait, wait. You know, if he, this DNA is on him, how are you going to explain that? I, I don't help criminals. Genius. So, yeah. Genius. Yep. So it, it's enough. It creates enough of a doubt that they do. They drop the case, right? Yeah. They she don't allow her super. The, 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 the um, state. The DA's office. The, the state. Yeah, they, yeah, they, the they, state. yeah. Her whoever was representing them, her supervisors told her she could not pursue the case. So they had mm-hmm. to drop it. Yeah. And so Gustafs, Gustafsson, uh, the detective that was working with the state on the case, he has a little exchange with Honey afterwards and he badmouths Harry he badmouths Jeffrey Herstad he says it's all a big mistake that Bosch should be ashamed everything he's done with a badge has just been you know deleted now he thinks that Jeffrey is this horrible person uh he just you know throwing his weight around and he tells him to move calls him an yeah asshole. he can shut up yeah. yeah I don't want to listen to him no more no we don't want to listen to him anymore <laughs> He's trying, you know, he's trying to throw his weight around and make her feel intimidated, but she's not having it. So there you go. So that's some good news on Jeffrey's end. He wants to know about his innocence. His innocence, You know, he's like, well, am I going to be declared innocent? And she's like, well, that's a different matter. You know, something else we'll work on, but you get to go, you know, you get to leave and go home. So definitely a success there. So if we follow up with back to Harry and Carl Rogers and Mo, I guess we find out later 
that Mo hears them talking about Carl Rogers talking to Simon Wakefield about some type of meeting. We find out that's his financial guy. Uh, so we're kind of waiting on more information from that. But they're they're making some headway with the, the surveillance for sure. Bosch also gets a visit from someone from the sheriff's department or the, the prison where Carl was. And they look at his, has his phone records, visitor logs. And he also tells him that he had some major protection there. Like nobody messed with him at all. So he's like, he had some kind of connection there. And we find out eventually that that was, uh, it's, it's looking like that might be some Russian Bratva uh, protection. We find out also from Mo that the burner phone that Carl was using was purchased at a gas station in Bakersfield, a SoCol, S-O-K-O-L, I think, station. So they're going to look into that. And then meanwhile, we see this guy arrive from the airport. We can see on the little IMDB casting information, his name is Lev Ivanovich. He gets in the vehicle with Alex Ivanovich. I don't think it's a big spoiler. We're going to find out that they're brothers and they have a file. First of all, there's a gun in the glove compartment and they have a file on Carl Rogers. So can I, can I just jump in here yeah, for a jump second? In, jump in. You know, I like bad guys in TV shows. Sometimes they're really horrible bad guys and I change my mind and sometimes they're just really cool bad guys. But I like these guys. Just my first opinion is I like <laughs> these guys. These guys seem like they're going to do some, these guys, I, these guys are going to be bad guys and they're going to do uh-huh. a lot of bad things and it's going to make the show very interesting. So I was excited to see guys that scare me come okay. into the mix. <laughs> so you feel like they're going to be some strong villains here. Yeah, well, didn't, didn't they say, like, let's, let's make some noise or something? Or yeah, let's, yeah, let's do, yeah. Let's, yeah. Yeah, he said something because there was subtitles, you know, but mm-hmm. yeah, they're, they're they, they came in and they, they, they look like they were coming for serious business, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I paid attention. And like I said, I like this style so far. Well, maybe we should move on to the, uh, the end of the episode where we definitely see some serious business from them. Where's Jay? He coming back? Will he be joining us? No. <laughs> He said he's leaving. He realized that I'm the best co-host ever and he must leave. <laughs> Typical Jay, not showing Typical up. Jay. There he is. But I miss. Okay, well, we, we've been talking about the Ivanovich brothers. That, I like them. Yeah, Jay. Those um, dudes. Pete, Pete thinks they, <laughs> they look very intimidating. They the, yeah, yeah, they scare the shit out of me, so yeah. I like them. So, yeah, they like, okay. are who I want to be when I grow up. Okay, I might be looking for a new podcast partner. Okay, Hmm, this is scaring me. Well, we we wanted to go ahead and go through this part of the story because we just talked about there was a burner, the burner phone for Carl Rogers was in Bakersfield at a so-called station and they're going to try to check that out. You know, why was it purchased there? What kind of connection do we have? Well, we don't have to look much further because these guys show up at a so-called station in Bakersfield they're throwing their weight around, talking to this, I guess, the manager, a guy named Cyrus, in the back of the station. Uh, basically, I think they're basically saying that he's been stealing from them. And he's like, no, I've been giving all my money that I'm supposed to, you know, to, I guess, to, to the Brafa. But they're not having it. They're like, no, you know, you have, you have messed up. And they take him out. They drag him out to the gas pump. And, okay, so the guy inside, the cashier, I think he's calling 911. Boop, boop, boop. 
on the nope. thing. I thought he was turning off the cameras. Oh, you did? Well, I thought he's calling 911. You think he's turning off the cameras? He's turning the pump on, right? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. I that's knew he I'm was in about. on it. I just didn't know how much in on it he was. See, that's just typical that I'm going to think he's trying to help, and you're thinking that he's trying to participate. And Well, because yeah. you know what? It may it just makes sense to turn off the cameras first, so I hope the first button was for the cameras, because other than Maybe. that, you got a crime on your cameras. I did wonder oh, about you the don't, You don't too. want the cameras off, because, yes, the cameras are going to get put out to the news, rah, rah, rah. What a great way to send the message out there. Mm. You better pay. You better do what you're supposed to do, or this is going to be you next. It was a beautiful executed move i love it it was it was horrifying and uh it's very disturbing Ugh. any other thoughts on that they drown this guy with gasoline these guys are all right yep who yep. <laughs> oh, am i working with yep. here oh my god yep. <laughs> you, know, you notice i don't trust mo love these guys <laughs> Oh, yeah. You get in the car with these guys over Mo. Oh, man. But he needs to know more about Mo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to know Mo's skeptic. We're skeptical. I, I've Mo learned enough guys. about these guys to know oh. they're all right. Oh, my gosh. They're horrible. And I think we might need to try to talk to Patrick and find out more about the filming of this scene. Oh, um, that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. So. That's a great idea. Yeah, what so was the- in that gas pump for real? I mean, surely it's water or something. Even if it was water. I know, no, I know, I know. You would still die. (laughs) Right, you'd still drown. So yeah, I I need some intel on how this was uh, filmed. But no, they definitely set them up as as super villains for sure. I want to know what the audition was like. Hey, come on (laughs) in. So this is what we're going to want you to do. You are going to be the gas station manager. We're going to give you a couple lines. It's going to be really great, but... We need to drown you with gasoline. Are you cool with that? All right. Show us how you would gurgle. <laughs> I love it. Love it. I love it. Let's find oh out. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, that guy's he didn't he didn't last very long for Cyrus. But yeah, I think they were, you know, they were sending a message, and we know they're associated with Carl Rogers because they have a file on him. And Carl's getting ready to meet with this financial guy. So some things are coming together here, and it's that's not uh it's not looking uh rosy for sure. So do we want to talk about Maddie and Vasquez and what they did next? Or do we want to continue with Harry and the Whitney Vance investigation where he goes with that? So let's uh, keep going with Bosch and then we, we could wrap on the, on the Maddie side okay. of things. Okay. So Harry, he goes to, you know, the records place and he's looking for, he wants to try to find a, a birth record to see if there, to see if Bibiana gave birth to a child, and was, he's looking for between January and February 1953. That seems about the time he knows that she went to St. Helens for unwed mothers. So he's like, "Hey, can you pull up the birth records for St. Helens?" And she's like, "Nope, we don't have birth records for St. Helens." He's like, "Why?" And the the babies there were adopted, so they're considered home births. So now he's got a bigger pile to go. Haystack. Yeah, a bigger, <laughs> bigger haystack. haystack. Yes. And so, yeah, again, January to February, 1953, any home births? Well, she says that's a, that's a lot of microfiche that you're going to be looking through. He asked about copies. Oh, they're $30 a piece now that you're not a cop. So, hmm, you know, it's the just first setback. Yeah, yeah. She remembers him. She knows him. But, yep, you're not a cop. $30 a piece. But then rules again, rules. Then again, he's working for a billionaire. So, 
you know, money is not really the issue, but he's got a lot to, to look through. So he keeps uh, pursuing information about St. Helens, the, the facility. He comes across an article about a 100th anniversary party and someone named Abigail, Abigail Turn, Turnbull, if I'm pronouncing that right. And so he thinks she would be a good contact, that she was there during the time that Viviana would have been there. Maybe he can get the scoop from her. So he goes to St. Helens, but first uh, we see Jen again because he can't just get in his car and go to St. Helens because he wakes up, Coltrane's in the nook of his knees on the couch. It's so sweet. Wakes up, mm, they're both stretching. Coltrane puts his little paw on Harry's knee. Um, that's at like 30 minutes, 42 seconds. If you'd like to see it, it's adorable. And he looks out the window, Harry, not Coltrane. And he sees, these, he sees these guys, these people following him again. He's still being followed. You know, we talked about that in the first episode. So he can't just walk out to his Jeep and go to his appointment at St. Helens. He gets this girl, Jen, who helped out at the nail salon getting the scoop. He gets her to meet him down at a different exit from his building and just slips in the back seat, lays down and gets far enough where he can finally sit up. He has to borrow her car. Yes, Pete. So I have a couple of thoughts while I'm watching this episode at this point in time. The first okay. one is that Bosch is a really good investigator. The moves that he makes to get the, the he puts it together so cleverly. It's just, I don't even know if that's a real word. Um, the second thought that I had was that ain't Bosch. How long before he says, you know what? I, and this guy's face and says, what's your problem? Why yeah. are you following me? Because yeah. Bosch, I know, doesn't hide. So what? what's going on? Yeah, well, he, he just, it may not be the right time to... When is ever ever the right time? I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. But he's trying to get other information right now. He's going to press them real soon if they keep this up. That's all I'm he's, saying. I, I mean, I, yeah, it certainly feels like he will confront someone at some point. But he's, he's you know, he's got his reasons. Bosch has his reasons. But yeah, Jen helps him get out of there. He borrows her car. He goes to St. Helens and uh, gives this story about his mom having been there. And he's trying to find out about this Abigail Turnbull and they, they can't give out a phone number, but they can give an address. <laughs> I didn't understand that. Right. I, I, yeah. I, you, know. you can't call, but sure, go ahead and knock on her door. I think they bent the rules thinking she was going to, he was going to mail it to them. So they said, okay, we'll bend the rules, you know, just because oh, it's yeah, not going to be yeah. a big he, deal. He said he wanted to mail a card, but still they're giving out. He sold address. it. He sold it. That's why he, he sold did. it. He sold it. He's good. Jay, if, if they told you don't give this guy the address <laughs> or the number, no matter what, and he came in and told you the same story, you still give him the address. Oh, I wouldn't. <laughs> Follow the it. rules. He got okay. it. <laughs> He got the address. He goes to Abigail Turndall's house and knocks on her door. I think her door's open, isn't it? And he kind of lets himself in after yes. announcing himself, but she grabs, starts to grab the phone. He's like, I got my credentials, you know. I don't know. It's a, I'd be a little intimidating, intimidated if Bosch just showed up at my door. If I'm a, you know, lady sitting, you know, an older lady sitting at my table and this stranger shows up. She's, she's pretty tough. She let him in. Yeah, she's crazy. I don't, I don't let anybody in. You knock on my door, I'm like, who the hell are you? Nope. No. 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 no I don't. Nope. <laughs> but no. Abigail unlocks a lot of secrets. She remembers Viviana, and she remembers her giving birth, and the, the baby was very low birth weight, and they can't let babies be adopted if they're not at least, I think, 10 pounds or something. So she has to um, nurse the baby to get the baby's weight up, and I mean, 
as a mom who nursed, yeah, that creates a major bond. So, I mean, I think anybody who thinks about it can understand that it would, that's, that's, you know, that's bonding with your, your baby. So that's really, it's really sad to think about. She still has to give the baby up, but she's had this extra time that no other moms have with, with the, their babies that are being adopted. And yeah, that's she, tough. Yeah. That's tough. She ends up, you know, she took her own life, you know, after that. And they, they even, you know, kind of say how she did it. And it's just really, it's really sad, but we do learn the baby's name, Dominic. And so, yeah, we learned that the baby was named Dominic. So now Bosch has, you know, like a, the, the right time frame, and he has a name. He goes home and is going through all those birth records and he does come across one for Dominic Santanello. So there's some uh, good progress made with that case. So we know there's a baby. Uh, good job in this PI stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's making, oh. yeah, he's making ways, man. Oh. Getting stuff done, taking care of business. So, all right, let's talk about Maddie and Vasquez and, and their uh, adventures this episode. I will give you one moment if you would like to address any concerns about Tom or Antonio before we get into the story, because I do not want to be interrupted. Damn, Pete, she told you. Dang. Oh, yes, next remember question. When, remember when Tracy used to be nice and sweet? Do you remember that? And then she, she met you and started this? podcasting with you. I didn't stand the chance by the time I got here. <laughs> I just know that y'all are itching to talk about it. So if you if you have anything to say, any concerns. Nothing, I have nothing to share, Tracy. <laughs> I, I will mean, not Ritzy. mention Tom or Antonio again until I see them on my screen. How about that? Okay. All right. I hear you. I hear it. Well, let's carry on. So Maddie and Raina are talking about where to have hot dogs, have some lunch. Raina says Pink's hot dogs. Maddie says some other place that Raina calls bougie. Not going to do that. Um, it's a little bit of back and forth there. And then they see these two characters starting to, they're going to jaywalk. What do, you, what do you think about that, Jay? Your name being part of a crime. True story. Uh, since I was about seven, maybe eight years old, and I first learned about jaywalking, I was very proud that I could legally do it every day of my life. Well, there you go. That that <laughs> that is an impressive story. This guy, my pointless jaywalks every day. Yeah, pointless but impressive. So they're gonna they're gonna take him down. Yeah, Raina says, you know, she's on there. He's there on her, her radar. So she's like, let's stop these guys. They're gonna stop him for jaywalking. They uh, pull him over. They start to cuff him. Maddie's cuffing Sneezy, which, I mean, can we just talk about how fun that name is right now? He sounds like a there seven goes. dwarf. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they, don't, they don't know he's named Sneezy yet, but I, I just can't help. But I'm ready. But we do. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then the other guy, Max, uh, Vasquez is trying to pat him down and cuff him, and he makes a run for it. So Good. Maddie has her guy in cuffs. Vasquez's guy runs away. Vasquez runs after him. And the first thing Maddie thinks is, I cannot separate from my partner. So she tells who we come to know as Sneezy to get on his knees. She has him cuffed. She runs after Vasquez. And, but this guy, Max, gets away. And they come back and Sneezy is gone. So, of course he is. God, and I was like, why didn't you put him in the car? You know, you can't just leave him there. And they do see that he has dropped his, uh, or they when she frisked him, she pulled out his little address book. And, and so it's the property of Sneezy. So that's when they know his name is Sneezy. And then Maddie's, uh, his car cuffs are gone. And those are the cuffs that Bosch gave her. So she's upset. Also she's, have her serial number on it. 
Oh yeah, yeah, her ID, you know. And then so she's you know, it's a sentimental thing, but then she's really worried about getting written up again. And so she's gonna have to prove herself and track this guy down. So she makes a series of phone calls through the address book. And it's, it's kind of funny. I found it kind of comical, all the different things, ways she was trying to get information. Definitely comic her. relief. Yes, we needed a little bit of that. Yeah. And she finally gets a hold of an ex-girlfriend who, again, gives an address. People are giving out addresses in this episode. So who wants to talk about them showing up at Sneezy's residence? Well, when they got there, I, I'm not sure if that lady was his mother or grandmother. Or aunt, because remember, somebody was talking about his aunt. Or aunt, yes, yeah, so, yeah. somewhere of an authority figure to him or somebody who just lives with him or whatever yeah. the case may be. He's playing PlayStation, which the first impression that I got there was, all right, he's just a regular guy. He's just playing some games and just hanging out. <laughs> and, you know, he, he's, he was in he was obviously in jail from what they said, right? Because he was in county. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying he's there. a good dude. But I kind of felt bad when they come in and you kind of feel like, hey, this guy's going to, back to county. He's probably on probation or something weird. And he's just a regular guy playing video games. Like, maybe well, you should have hid better. Yeah, maybe you should have hid better. It is, kind of, it is kind of comical, too, because, you know, he puts on this big tough act when they're cuffing him. But then when they, he doesn't see them coming, you know, he's just a dude playing video games. You yeah. Know? And on, boys. Yeah. When he's out there on the street, he's, he's trying to rap. And when he's not yeah. on the street, he's just a regular clown. Regular clown. You guys, listen, I appreciate talking TV with you, and I appreciate and respect the different opinions that you guys have, but what are you guys talking about? This dude, okay, (laughs) he's supposed to be a tough guy, badass dude on the streets of L.A., and okay, his name is Sneezy, first of all. If your name is Sneezy, you leave the gangster life, okay? Just... Move to like North Dakota and chill out. But then number two, the dude got away from the cops. And where does he go? Home. (laughs) Home. (laughs) Sneezy went home. And you guys are all like, oh, you know, he's a cool guy playing his video. No, he's a moron. (laughs) Who gets the name Sneezy and then is like, ha ha, I got away. Let me go to my verified address. Oh, God. We didn't say he was smart, Jay. <sighs> we just said where he was. But but thank you for that. Uh, You're welcome. Speech. That's what I'm here I for. Appreciate that input. So he digs the, uh, the handcuffs out of the trash. They're looking pretty gross. Gives them over to Maddie. And he thinks he's going to get, you know, arrested. But he doesn't. Vasquez lets him go. She gives him a stern warning. I believe. And uh, Maddie's like, why? And she's like, this, this whole thing is such a mess. I don't, I don't want to, you know, report this as Maddie's trying to clean off the cuffs. And then Vasquez does kind of throw her bone and and says something to the effect of like appreciating her, you know, trying to support her partner. But then Maddie says something, I can't remember the exact line. I don't know if you guys can about, I'll always have your back or something. And it just sounds a little too cheesy for Vasquez. And she's like, don't ever say that again. or whatever but they make a little progress they make some progress right yeah so uh jay are you still i don't there? think so i think yeah, maddie I'm, messed up again I'm, I'm sitting apparently like i'm only barely in the picture see because it looks I like you're why. laying down or something I'm laying <laughs> down the podcast. no i i tend to relax during oh, okay. these podcasts okay, okay. when you guys are celebrating sneezing, well when so. you do that we can't tell if you're there but anyways that's fine that's fine we'll just he means when he actually shows up 
so that you know yeah she, she makes some headway with her partner and but she's not going to get written up pete yeah she she was worried about that but if she doesn't you know but but can we address the elephant in the room sure as a cop she now has messed up twice <laughs> yeah. on the same scenario she still has to, you know yeah, it's, well, it's, she's still a rookie I'm just saying she's learning. She's learning. she is learning, and I'm not. I'm not giving her grief for it because it's it's the role that they written. It's not. It's not the. It's not the actor. She's actually playing the role really well of a cop who messes up because that's what she's supposed to be doing. But she messed up twice in two episodes. Let's not forget that part either. But it wasn't the exact same thing. It was the opposite thing. She did stay with her partner, but she left the. the but who would have put that guy in the car first? No, I don't, I'm not defending her. Pete, I'm not defending. Her. I'm it just sounds saying. like you are, Miss Tracy. <laughs> well, I tend to defend. Maddie, we know but... she's your buddy. She's my buddy too. But <laughs> she did the character they wrote in for her. Well, she tried. <laughs> she tried twice. To, she tried to fix the mistake that she made last time, and then it ended up creating another mistake from that. But what we learned is is that Vasquez is a lot cooler than that other guy that she had as a partner originally. He's still oh, yeah. a jerk. Yeah. yeah. He's still yes, a he's jerk. a jerk. Yeah. No. We we we're. Vasquez is going to be all right. I, I've got a good feeling. But just uh, just before we get into our questions for each other and stuff, I think we about covered everything. But we did not talk about the name Sneezy compared to the name Beansy. Which one do you like better? Oh no, Beansy like is the bomb. No, Sneezy. No, let me sit up. No, let me sit up. No. Oh, are Let's you kidding up. me? Are you kidding me? Listen. So hold on. If we didn't name you. P.I. Pete, and we decided to go with Snotty. Are you okay with that? Are you like, that's the coolest name? No, Beansy. Because, you know, if you're like, hey, what are you doing later today? Oh, I'm going to go hang out with Beansy. Or, hey, I heard you got popped robbing the 7-Eleven. Who is with you? Beansy. You know, (laughs) that's a cool name, man. I do do have a soft spot for Beansy. Yeah. Um, which bringing back to the Seinfeld connection, Beansy was the uh, was it the Nigerian runner? That yes, actor, I think was, that yeah. actor played the runner that they kept missing the alarm clock or whatever. So listen, I, I need to address some before we get away from the subject. First of all, Jay, it's Pete P.I. I don't know where you're getting this <laughs> P.I. Pete stuff from, Ooh, but oh, I ain't no G.I. Oh, Joe. That offends you, but you like Sneezy. <laughs> Shut up. Second, Somebody second, mute his mic. I know I'm not the only one who likes Sneezy. So I would like to issue an official Twitter challenge to Jay. We put up a vote. Two names. What do you like better, Beansy or Sneezy? You put it up for as long as you would like, Tracy. Okay. The winning name, if it's if it's Sneezy, Jay's got to come on that day on the podcast, that episode, and be Sneezy. If it's Beansy, <laughs> I got to be Beansy. Okay. I, sounds like a perfect Jay, challenge. you up for it, Jay? It. In. I'm in. You, you guys, that, that sounds perfect. <laughs> Let's talk about questions we have for each other. Who wants to go first? Um, can I ask a question that's not necessarily like episode focused? Is that allowed, boss lady? I guess we'll give it a whirl. Sit up again. Anytime I need to get serious, I gotta sit up. <clears throat> All right. So listen, we're uh, in episode two of uh, Bosch Legacy series, right? Yes. Naturally, people that are watching, they're two episodes in. They're definitely comparing to what they're used to from the Bosch series, right? Mm -hmm. My question for you guys is two episodes in. Is it what you expected? Is it better than what you expected? Are you disappointed? Is it too similar, too different? Where are you guys falling now in this new 
realm. This is easy. I, I actually messaged you guys in our group on Facebook. To me, this is Bosch season eight. I know it's a different name in season one, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's this, with, you know, it's just the same show to me. The, mm-hmm. it's, this, it's, it's just great. And I'm just so happy. It feels like I never lost. Like, I don't want to sit there and say I lost regular Bosch, but mm-hmm. Bosch Legacy is here. And I'm going to roll with it. But I think it's the same show. I would call it Boss Season 8 or Boss Legacy Season 1. I'm happy. I'm satisfied. It's exactly what I hoped it would be. For me, I think it totally works. And I think if it if it works for Pete to want to call it Season 8 or somebody else wants to call it, a, you know, new same people, new circumstances, you know, like it doesn't matter what you want to call it or whether you think it's a truly a spinoff or a continuation or how you classify it. I think it just, it, it works. So... I'm like, call it whatever, whatever you want. I do, I am engaged or, you know, I like the new circumstances that shakes it up a little bit. Would I have been happy with a season eight with the same circumstances? Sure. It was still have been great writing, great storytelling, I'm sure. But it's just something a little extra to see things sort of shaken up and to see Maddie in a new role. And yeah, so it works. Call it what you want. It works. What's your answer to your own question, Jay? I think they were genius doing this. For someone like myself, I, uh... I'm hard pressed to make it past three seasons of any show. Yeah. Five. If you're really lucky, Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like almost every show really has a very finite lifespan. And I think so many shows stick around way too long. Some of those that do get a chance to stick around Mm -hmm. five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10. And I listen, I love Bosch. I had no issue season one through seven. Like I Mm -hmm. never felt like it was too much or too overdone or it's time to move on. Right. which is very unusual for me, but I think it was genius to end it, mm-hmm. change things up just enough that there's plenty of that similarity that we know, but totally new circumstances and, and enough changes that it, it kind of holds its own mm-hmm. and we're starting fresh new. It's a fresh, I, I just, I think they were genius doing it. And I think two episodes in, I'm very impressed where we feel good about it because we're used to it, but it's different enough that it, it can stand on its own. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we're all pretty much in agreement there. So good stuff. All right, I have a question for you guys. This guy, Philip Corwin, who's going to be the, supposed to be the CEO when Whitney Vance passes, are you concerned about him causing trouble? Is he something that we have to have on, someone we have to have on our radar, watch him carefully? Is he going to cause some problems? A short answer, yes. I think in my mind, you know, I didn't like... Um... Oh, what's the other guy's name? Shoot, I can't even think of the name. Anyway. The I other security guy? Yeah, yeah. Sloan? What's his name? David yes, Sloan. thank you. There's just something suspect going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you know, like TV writers too, they try to they try to throw you off and like maybe this guy looks bad and maybe he really is. I think this dude is bad news. Okay. I think he's bad okay. news. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Something's going on here. What about you, Pete? Probably bad news, but I mean this guy seemed like he was set to inherit a business and he doesn't, you know, Vance didn't tell him what was going on with Bosch and what Bosch was actually looking for. So, you know, he's got to protect his own too. I'm not saying he's right. He's a hundred percent wrong and he's an evil guy and weasel snake, all that other stuff. However, I like to play devil's advocate sometimes and look from other people's perspective. And mm-hmm. if I'm him, who the heck is Bosch to be coming dealing with this guy that I've been working for, for God knows how long, you know, setting up doing all the day to day for this guy, Bosch to come and say, Hey, here's, here's your piece. And it's going that way. Okay. Okay. So I'm just saying, I understand. I don't like it. I don't think he's good. He's evil, but I understand it kind of. You kind of see where he's coming from. Well, my answer to my own question is that I think anytime someone is, seems that desperate 
are that fearful for themselves and, and their interests, they can mm. be dangerous. I think that makes That's them a good point. more That's dangerous. Good point. So that, that concerns me as I was watching at this point in the show. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. Pete, do you have a question? I do. Thoughts on Bosch and the court going against the law enforcement, getting the guy off without knowing he's 100% innocent because we don't know who killed the doctor. Right. So for all we know, this guy could have killed the doctor an hour later and he yeah. just got off of that one case with the DNA. So I'm sitting here sitting there saying, you know, Bosch wasn't 100 percent sure that this guy was innocent when he did testify against the cops. And the other, and that guy throwing his weight around was a jerk. But he did mention the part that he's undoing mm-hmm. stuff he did with a badge. He's go. Think about if Bosch was still a cop and he had a case and this was his case. This happened to Bosch a lot. Right. Stupid stuff mm-hmm. like this way. It got him frustrated and eventually had him leave. Right. So now going against it, mm -hmm. you know, what do you guys think about that? I think I thought he was justifiably, for Bosch, for his character, I thought he was justifiably angry at the end of episode one that what the heck's going on here? What do you mean DNA? So which makes me a little surprised that he was pretty comfortable working with Honey on the Carl Rogers thing at the beginning of this episode. So, you know, but that's a different interest. They have a very shared interest in taking down Carl Rogers. So maybe he can kind of put the blinders on and focus on that agenda separately. But I just think it would still be a little hard for him to work, you know, work so openly with her and, you know, moving forward without maybe making some remarks or comments or, okay, we got to get this Carl Rogers guy, but you know, I'm not happy about, you know, such and such. So seems a little odd to me in that regard. That's that's all I really have to say on it about you, Jay. I think it's a prime example of how <clears throat> some things aren't going to be as easy or as comfortable as maybe he's used to in this new role. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you talk about how he was upset, and I think just justifiably so. But I think... <clears throat> I think it, I think we're all probably kind of like that in some way, shape or form, whatever we're familiar with, you know, like in my real everyday life, I work in IT, right? There's a whole bunch of people that work next to me in IT. If I left IT and I I left my job and I heard that they did X, Y, Z, could have been right, could have been wrong. I don't necessarily want to be the expert on the stand to go up against them because Mm -hmm. there's a different way to do a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. And then to to do that and then potentially be wrong. I think that's a, that's a roller coaster of emotions. You win, you lose, you win, you lose. And I think, I think even with him eventually getting off, I mean, if we're being honest, the whole DNA thing, uh-huh. it's still not proof that he didn't do right. it. It, right. it gives mm-hmm. that reasonable doubt. So mm-hmm. that's enough to get him off. But is it, the, I mean, is that the legit answer? I think, I think it's a tough position to be in that I would not want to be that in that position. So are you I, surprised that he agreed to, to participate? Yeah, I yeah. just, I mean, I, I think I get obviously why he chose to, but I, mm-hmm. I it's like a no-win situation. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, Pete? Mike, this is, listen. This is how I'm going to justify it. Bosch would never purposely do this and do this often, but he probably knew the cop who threw his weight around and wanted to really stick it to him and knew this was the way to do it. <laughs> that you can go find evidence another way. I'm not getting this guy off, but I'm going to make sure you don't get your, your way. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's an interesting take. That's an interesting take. Revenge. All right. 
Well, we made some headway with the Whitney Vance case. We've got a name. I've got some good surveillance going on Carl Rogers. Worried about these gas station dudes. Not not liking them. And Maddie's made a little bit of a little bit of progress, I think, with proving herself. She's still making mistakes, but uh, she's she's sticking with it. You know, she's not she's not running away. I wasn't sure really if I was gonna like Maddie as a cop. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just didn't see her as a cop, but I I kind of like it. Yeah. Kind of like it. Yeah. You know, I, and I, I think, feel good. I like that. She's a little more, she's a little more vulnerable in this role. Like she was just. Bump, oh, bump, a ton. Bump, yeah. Yeah. Know, I with, agree. With yeah. Helping with honey and, you know, college and everything. A lot of confidence, but this is something I think she feels really passionate about, but it does not come, you know, supernaturally for us. She's really got to put in the work and learn. So I think that's, I think that's fun changing up a little, seeing another side of her personality. Likewise also, with honey, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know. No, I'm with you 100%. No. I also think it shows how much it sucks to be a boot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. These <we're>, <laughs> poor people. They God. really have to stick it out. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, how about some trivia? I actually have one tonight, too. Should I go first? So, no, I'll go first because oh, okay. I picked the. <laughs> this is by far the easiest trivia question I've ever asked you guys. So if you get it wrong, I'll be very disappointed in you. Well, I'm going to let Tracy answer first then. Okay. When those guys pull out Carl Rogers' file on the document, what is his height and weight? Oh, my gosh. That's an easy one, people. It was on, it was on a big paper with his face on it. 6'2", six, six, 220. I was going to say nope, 6'0". That's six Bing. Foot. Half credit. 185. Nope. Half credit. It's 180. Well, I was close. You were close, but did you didn't well. get the full nice credit. Job. Yeah, you did now very I'm giving, well. I'm giving her all the points. And I never give Tracy yeah, I think the it, points. I think it should be yeah. within five pounds. I mean, yeah, on. that's that's pretty good. I I'm sorry. I've never asked a weight question on trivia before, so I wasn't aware that we were doing like <laughs> that a was, scale that of was, within five pounds. <laughs> That was a good trivia question. That was good. That, that was doable. If you're really paying attention to the details, that was a good one. All right. Mine should be pretty easy, too. And I purposefully did not include this when we were talking about the storyline. What name did Bosch use? Who did he say he was when he went to St. Helens and asking for Abigail Turnbull? He said his name was... I only remember the first name. Did he give a last name? I don't know. I'm only looking for the first name. I'll let Pete go. Because I'm My guess 96% is... certain I know the answer. The name he used was... Jay Walker. <laughs> I like it. I mean, hey, I don't, you, you I don't, don't have that, might, that might be a different episode. It might be a different episode. <laughs> uh, wasn't, it, wasn't it Dale? It was Dale. Earnhardt? Dale. <laughs> no. <laughs> it was Dale. Good job. Good job, guys. Do you have one, Jay? Uh, no, one? I, I do not have one. Okay. I don't have one. I was going to make up one, but... I was going to say, I'm going to make up one on the fly like you normally do when we do podcasts. <laughs> and, and you we know, what's, know the answer. What, what's funny, this is probably the first episode in, I don't know, the last 20 uh, where I didn't have some prepared just in case you needed some. This is the first one, of course. I didn't, first one. I didn't write any. First one. I'm, well, you were I'm laying down for half the podcast. <laughs> here you go here, here you go i'll ask the question i had prepared for last week what's maddie's badge number i asked this one already didn't yeah, i you did, yeah you did this one in the um and mike the, had it in the teaser did right? you, in the, did in you? The teaser one the teaser one and, yeah i think mike had it or something the funny but thing I is i don't even it. have i don't have the number written down anymore because we'll, we'll, we'll have to write it down so we'll have it for future uh, there's a two and speaking a three. of mike mike did yeah. reply to me because you called out in the last podcast you, you did the license plate and we weren't sure if it was an eight or a b 
Yes. Well, Mike is not sure at this point, but he has not gotten to his full press with trivia for Bosch Legacy. So he he will uncover that is the plan. Uh, so Excellent. We'll, We'll wait for that report. No, that that is not acceptable. Don't don't give him a free no, Mike. Okay, your Bosch card, you're on probation. <laughs> that, that is that is unacceptable. I'm just passing. I'm just the messenger. Just the messenger. Just sharing what he had. All right, you guys have anything else before we head out for tonight? Oh, absolute pleasure, guys. Love chatting some Bosch with you guys. Good stuff. Good times. All right. I I Bye. expect everybody to get out there and vote for Sneezy. Oh yeah, the Sneezy Beansy oh, poll. I'll get on that. Nobody. The only person that's going to vote for that is Pete and his 28 accounts. That, that's 38, it. Jay. 38. Up to, you're up to 38? Okay. Well. Yes, 38 now for votes. <laughs> if there are 38 votes, I'll know what's going on. All yes. right. Good night, everybody. Bye.